The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Hey, nerds, discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a streaming freedom audio bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of BB Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, or back when we had a compatriot of people we're going to have on the show tonight, she was on the show, we called ourselves the Dazzling Trio, Dazzling Duo, Derek. I totally don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I blocked uh, that out of our out I, of I head. Think, I think Dashing Duo is still better, even though we tried to rename rename we dashing duo is still stuck uh but it is derek and mike um before go any further check out the homepage weebygeeks.net uh support our affiliates like bitty boomers use code weebygeeks for 15 percent off your bluetooth speakers there uh toink.com as you heard win geek 15 or win geeks 15 15 off your purchase there at toynk.com and you too could get something like your pick of the week which is inspired by one of the guests that we have on our show, the Groot Geeky Tiki Bug. <laughs> and it's a great Geeky Tikis are awesome, and the Groot Mug is really, really cool. Um, but I did say guests. Eric, let's go back in time, shall we? To the Old sure. West. And we have, from the movie Homestead, we have producers Amna and Erland. Did I say that right? Um, it's Ireland, uh, like air and land. Yeah. Airland. <laughs> yeah. N- no one gets it right the first time. Well, <laughs> I may butcher it. I may butcher it again <laughs> later in the show. Well, so. don't, 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 uh, don't be upset. Cause he still butchers my name occasionally too. Uh, we, we've been working together for like nine years. <laughs> hey, it's what happens when you have a beast and fizz. Um, we also have stars Betsy and Greg with us, uh, a antagonist and protagonist. Um, Good idea. <laughs> so, how uh, for Erland and 
Omna, how did you guys come up with the idea for Homestead? Um, well, it's not, uh, you know, great story. Um, uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, had originally sort of started doing, um, uh, I, I just graduated college, you know, left film school and it's like, all right, well now's the time where you got to do your first feature. Right. Um, so, uh, just do something to, um, break in. And I was originally going to do this kind of, you know, sort of like touchy feely, uh, you know, semi-autobiographical film. Um, uh, I wrote a whole script and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then someone was like, that's not going to sell. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, you're right. You know, like I, the whole point is to make money. Um, uh, or not the whole point, but you know, like you can't make another if you don't make money. Um, uh, so I was like, I'd seen the green room. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but you know, it's, they're just stuck in a, stuck in a green room the whole time. And I'm like, I love that idea. You know, that's a great, just stuck in one place and they got to get out. And so I was like, how could I do something like that? And then I just thought, oh, okay, like a house in the old West, that's a place to do it. Um, and that was basically sort of like the, um, uh, the, the, the seed of the idea. And I also was like sort of like thinking of characters to populate it. And the first one I thought of was basically like Betsy's character, Irene, where I had this image of my, in my head of like this nine year old girl with a shotgun, just getting blown back 10 feet, um, uh, which is not in the film, unfortunately, but that was the, that was the idea. I was like, I love that. Um, uh, and so that's sort of like the circuitous route I took to getting to, you know, a pretty standard idea. Um, uh, you know, like this sort of thing has been done before, like a home invasion film. Um, but yeah, that's how, I sort of got the idea and that's like how it then it just sort of grew from there as to, okay, what are we, what's the story really about and where people coming from? Yeah. So how'd you get involved? Um, really long, weird story. So I actually, when he was writing him said, we didn't know each other at all. Uh, and I was working at this like quirky little co coffee shop in this town, really small town, Saratoga, uh, in California. I don't know where you guys are based or if you're familiar. I, I'm actually based in Kissimmee, Florida, and Derek's oh, right cool. outside, of, about an hour outside of Boston. Derek? About an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a bit jealous of where you are, but. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so I was working at this coffee shop for years, and. Uh, I majored in acting and Erland and I actually went to the same school and like went to parties at the same houses and like entered school the same year, took the same year kind of off, graduated the same year, never met somehow the whole time. Um, and then I was working at this coffee shop and I kept telling my boss that I had to quit because I wanted to actually act. And I was working like 50, 60 hours a week. And every week he was like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm getting your replacement. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm getting your replacement. And he wouldn't get anyone. And I felt guilty leaving them because the mother who like, like the maternal figure who kind of owned this coffee shop had cancer and she was really, really sick. And I felt really guilty just abandoning them. And one week I was like, George, my boss, uh, I'm going to quit. Like this Friday's my last day. I gave you my two weeks, like eight weeks ago. I can't keep doing this. Like I want to actually begin my career. Um, 
So you need to hire a replacement and I can train them or like you can deal with this once I'm gone. I don't care. You decide. Like I was kind of very firm. And then George comes back to me the next day and he's like, I found someone. Uh, And he also went to NYU and he also studied film. And in my head, I'm like, there's no way because this guy's really scatterbrained. So I was like, there's probably just a dude from some part of New York who also enjoys watching movies. Like, that's kind of what I expected. Uh, And then Erland walks in and he actually did go to the same school as I did. And we started discussing it. And then he was like, will you read my script and give me notes? And I was like, yeah, of course I'll read your script. And I read it in like two days and I gave him notes and he was like, oh, you actually read it. And I was like, yeah, I did. And then I was like, I'm not doing anything. Like, do you want help? And he was like, well, I need a producer. And I was like, okay. And I had no idea how much work it would be. I was just like, sure, that sounds fun. Like I'll produce a film. Why not? Uh, And that's kind of how the ball got rolling. Very cool. Now, before I go any further, the movie comes out when, or is it already out? It it's is. already out. Okay. Yeah. It's on uh, Tubi? Tubi okay. and Amazon. And, you know, if you get on Amazon, it's a lot more money coming our way. So, um, <laughs> uh, but support, you can't watch it for... Support yeah. independent films. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yes. But Tubi's great. Tubi's a great platform. So Yeah, I love Tubi. Yeah, um, I lo- yeah, I like Tubi a lot. You can find some really interesting things on Tubi. Yes. Yeah, they got they got a varied catalog. So yes, they do. Betsy and Greg, how did y'all get involved in this project? I I bribed them. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. But Betsy's pure talent. Like we had to beg her to be part of it. She was she was busy, man. I, I'm the lucky guy who came in the back door. <laughs> Um, so Greg and I had actually worked um, on a project before um, together, and, um, and and somebody else who had also worked on that project with us, um, Jamie, um, was working on this project, and so she she brought me in, um, and I don't know how I don't know how Greg got on, but she brought me in, and, and then <laughs> I don't know. It was all it was. It, I want to preface this by saying I have a cold and brain fog, but. Um, it, it was it, Jamie. It was a big um, part of part of that. And she and, and I will preface. Uh, I don't remember if I said this as we were starting the show. I know I might have mentioned it before show, but we actually had Jamie on um, Weeby Geeks back in 2018, back when she was promoting her oh, appearance wow. on Midnight Texas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. we talked about a bunch of other stuff that she had been involved with. Um, so, sorry she couldn't have been with us tonight, but now it's still. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Aside that, you know, she she brought two great talents to to you guys for the, for this film. Yeah, it was when we um uh, had we sort of brought Jamie on board, and we were still looking for somebody to play Irene, you know, like kind of the main character, and we just couldn't find anybody. Um, uh, oh, so many auditions. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I don't think we're, you know, sort of like, oh, how are we going to find anybody? And then she said, oh, there's this girl, you know, that was uh, like, we did this film in South Africa that didn't go through, you know, and um, and so, yeah, we brought um, uh, and so we just kind of had Betsy send in a tape and we're like, oh, my God, okay, we have it. Like, you know, the piece kind of the the cornerstone piece of it was was there. Um, 
and Greg came on in a similar way, you know. Um, yeah, but it was but it was really awesome. I mean, uh, I, I got to say, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but man, Betsy absolutely kills in Homestead. Like, yeah, totally, totally, just dominates from the first frame. It's just incredible. I mean, it's such a great like ensemble. But I've got to give a special shout out to Betsy, like, because if you know Betsy as Betsy and just see how she totally like brought that character to life. Um, it was awesome, man. She gave us a real freaking run for our money in more ways than one without giving any spoilers. Like, she was a ball of fire, man, and such an honor to work with her. She didn't mess around. Well, we, or I, I said before show, um, I don't remember who all was on. Betsy is the Princess Leia of Homestead. She had the Heck highest yeah. hit percentage of everyone shooting. So, oh, yeah, we, we had a murder count going. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, we were like debating, like, who's like, you know, what technically counts as a kill? Does it have to be like a clean shot? Does it have to be intentional? And yeah, we were kind of off that count, but um, I, I don't know about yeah, mur- the murder count, but Etsy's hit counts high and pretty accurate. <laughs> Very accurate. Yeah. No. So uh, we always knew that Irene would make or break the film. And I knew that it could be a difficult role to cast, but I don't think I realized just how difficult. I mean, there was a period of a few months where it felt like Erland and I were watching 20 plus auditions a day. And just looking at tape after tape. And it's not like these girls couldn't act. A lot of them could. But they just didn't feel like Irene. And a lot of the dialogue could feel really uncomfortable um, to a young girl, I guess. Um, But when we saw Betsy's tape, it was instantly like, we have Irene. It's it's a really tough kind of... um kind of role and like a you know a tough balance to strike because you know Irene's just kind of a jerk um uh <laughs> and so it's like oh you know yeah you, you have to have like somebody who has that kind of like you know energy but you know something there that like you can um uh sort of um come back and like you, you know sympathize with and something that locks you in to her character it, you, you know it's very difficult finding that balance um uh yeah, I remember reading the script before, like early, like I was like, okay, you know, like let's go over the script again, but like before we're shooting, and for some reason I was reading it, um, I was like, wow, like Irene is an asshole, you know, <laughs> she's mean, um, <laughs> and so it was really important to find somebody who could have that kind of fiery side of the character, but then be um, uh, sympathetic, but not in like a, you know, not in kind of a sort of I don't know if it's like damsel in distress way, but you, right. you know, but there's some charisma. There's something where you still like her at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 So then Betsy, what was it like then trying to get into, uh, into the, the character of Irene? It was honestly a lot of fun. Um, it was, it was very interesting. Um, I remember getting this trip and kind of just being like, all right, this is a, this is quite a character. Um, and I've, I've always liked Irene. I, I think Irene is, is very cool. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun getting to, you know, say things and, and do things that I, I don't think I would be able to do exactly in, in my life. Um, <laughs> killing people for one. Um, but 
<laughs> I think it was just a lot of fun kind of interacting with people um, kind of in a new and different way and, and figuring out, you know, her motives and how she's kind of fits into the family dynamic. And like, it was, it was just a lot of fun. It was, it was very, very interesting to figure out. Hmm. Now, I want to ask, cause I'm a huge fan of this person. Uh, both on film and in his other previous profession. What was it? Did you, <laughs> did you take advantage of trying to intimidate or one up Dallas page? <laughs> <laughs> That's a question. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, man, I should have, I should have, I should have, I should take advantage of that, but no, <laughs> he was so nice. He was, he was, he was very nice. Um, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun working with him, but um, I should not. I should have. I should have. <laughs> Next yeah, tackled him. Yeah. The sequel. Yeah, he was. He, he, he was. He was such an energy on on set. Like DDP, man. Like yeah, uh, it was really really cool. He kind of like brought the whole gang together. You know, he's got such a presence himself. And that iconic voice, um, you know, and then having Brian and Mike and, and uh, you know, all, both Mikes, like, it was just, it was really awesome. Like, you know, he uh, he definitely did feel like the leader when he, because I think some of us started yeah. filming earlier, if I'm not mistaken, Ellen and Amna, mm-hmm. and, then, mm-hmm. and then DDP came in uh, a little later. So by the time we, we filmed that scene where he does his big monologue there in the beginning, um, you know, it's pretty cool that it felt real, like, oh, snap, like, he just came in here to, to take over, and it kind of did bring that energy in a big way, which was so I, I would think for, for him, it, a lot of that probably came from the wrestling background of yeah. once camera's on, here's character, go. That's um, it. But I, I, I've, seen him, I've seen him act in other stuff, and... <laughs> that's non-wrestling related and have loved everything he's done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely a very versatile person. Yeah. So did he teach you guys any wrestling moves? Um, not us. He was doing, um, uh, he was doing some DDP yoga. Yoga. Um, uh, one I, of the uh, yeah, that's right. I, that's actually really um, good, man. I still do my DDP yoga. I, uh, I, I was kind of hoping he would be able to come on too because I was going to say I love his program. I use it myself. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. 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 One of our days off, Greg. Did you? That's what you're talking about. You went to that, right? He had like a little mini workshop. Yeah. Casting crew. Yeah, or at the hotel. You know, it's an amazing (laughs) program. It is. It really is. I, I, I got to be honest. You know, like I. uh, Well, I'm from. You know, we played uh, played rugby, and you know, like you know, I'm I'm from South Africa. You know, so so guys doing yoga was was never a thing. So. The way that like DDP presented it in terms of rehabilitation and transformation, I I was skeptical at first, but like just doing the program, realizing it's a way of life, and him making it so fun, like yeah, that that was pretty amazing. Like just what he stands for. So yeah, I I will say like overall, you know, just the the whole cast and crew of Homestead, it was an incredible family. We really had a great time, like being on location and being surrounded by so many inspiring people. Uh, you know, it was really, really awesome. So, what was the no. diamond cutter cut uh, count on set? <laughs> uh, um, now, Western, we know there was the good, the bad. Uh, with all the 
the hype recently around Alec Baldwin's project and everything. What what was it like hand you know dealing with all the firearms and everything with this film? Um, because I I want to touch on that was a fluke incident. Things are always safe. You know, generally if done right, the armor is safe. The training is is ideal. You know, and or almost not. It, it's specific enough to, to make everyone safe and, and whatnot. I mean, were, was there initially any hesitations about using them? Well, um, uh, well, we shot before they, the um, uh, incident happened on Rust, right. so that kind of wasn't in the air, you know. Um, in terms of, like, you know, kind of like the, the, the general, like, normal hesitations, you know, like, like Brandon Lee, you know, and that stuff. And certainly in film school, they're like, you know, they're, they're very big on, on safety. Um, so, like, that was always, like, in the back of my mind. But, you know, we had an armorer. We had, um, uh, and we also had no, no sort of, I, I don't understand how, like, Rust had any live ammunition. But we had no, uh, you know, no, um uh, like no cartridges of any kind. Like there were no blanks or anything. The guns that we had well, were yeah, and the those firing pins were taken out. Yeah, um, they were so. Out. Yeah, so that like you know I thought that we kind of done as much as we could. You know, there was a moment when I was like thinking in my head like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have, like be firing blanks? And I was like, no, I'm not even gonna you know um, uh, go there. There's nothing that can be fired. So. Um, so yeah, I guess that wasn't really you know um, too much of a concern because there wasn't really any possibility. But that that, that sort of stuff always is in the back of your head. Any hesitation on your end, Betsy, or what was it? Something that oh cool, this is fun. Yeah, I kind of grew up around guns. My family hunts and does uh, stuff like that. We're from the south, so it's kind of a um, a hunting family. So I, I kind of I grew up learning gun safety and all that stuff. So. Okay. It was, and um, it, it was just, I knew like the guns, you know, couldn't fire. They were, I think, black powder. I mean, black, um, I, yes. Um, so yeah, it was, I, I felt very safe um, with all of the okay. guns. It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was, and honestly, that was a huge help because even with like black powder guns or like even with prop guns, I feel like you get the most anxiety when I don't mean this in a belittling way, but like when kids are handling them, like you don't want to make them feel anxious at all. And I feel like it was a huge help to like have Betsy and her family around and like they really knew what they were doing and they knew so much about um, guns and gun safeties. And I think uh, Betsy's dad is licensed in some way. It's some kind of special credentials. So we always had like someone we really trusted who we could consult about the stuff before we like relayed gun safety information to the cast and crews. That was like awesome. a huge support. Awesome. Yeah, the gun actually started falling apart at the end. It was um, uh, like the um, uh, mechanism, the loading mechanism, like completely had like come out, and we had to like tape oh, it up um, uh, for like the last. Yeah, the last couple of days, like when they're running across, it was like, okay, Betsy, you can't even like um, uh, it was it was totally falling apart. It's like you can't actually use it. Uh, like you couldn't, you know, pull the lever action. Um, uh, you just have to hold it and like try to hold it together so it doesn't fall apart. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So, Betsy, what was more intimidating, the rifle or the or the revolver? <laughs> yeah, I'd say the revolver. It was yeah. it was very heavy, and it, the trigger was very hard to pull. Um, but I, I don't know. I'd say, I'd say the revolver. It was, it was <laughs> yeah, the rifle was you know I was chill with the rifle, but <laughs> yeah. Um, Derek. I gotta let you speak. I know you've had one question, but I've asked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to dominate. I have a question. I'm just trying to think of how to word it. <laughs> um. So, was it? Were you guys excited about doing a western? Like, did that have a special kind of appeal to you in this case, or? For for me, that was was actually pretty pretty huge. Uh, doing a western, you know, I I'm from South Africa originally, you know, so we aren't shooting too many westerns out there. So for me, it was a very special thing. I'd, I'd recently moved to the U.S. and getting a chance to also work with with Betsy that that I'd known and and getting to shoot on location. I think there's something beautiful that you can't cheat about the western genre and. I think Amnon Yellen did a great job in terms of taking us to places. The logistics in any movie, you know, taking a whole cast and crew to location um, is a major undertaking. And they did that super successfully. And um, for all of us, it, it was wonderful. It kind of felt like a Western in the way that we were shooting it, you know, because, you know, it was, we were kind of staggered between uh, San Diego and uh, um, we, we shot a, a little outside Hollister as well. So... That was wonderful. We felt like a traveling band and, and, and really did like band together, which was really cool. And there's, there's something about the Western genre for me where you can't take out the scenery and, and the nature element and being out in the wild and in the open space. Um, right. and for me, that was like super appealing. You know, we had long nights. In fact, towards the end, I don't know if we allowed, or may or may not share this, but we had the craziest hours on our last leg. But it was such in the sense of everyone just looking at each other and saying, guys, we're going to finish the movie. And um, it was just incredible camaraderie that crescendoed right towards the end there where we, you know, we were out on location. We didn't have time to go back and forth. We needed to stay, shoot, and kind of make use of the elements. And, uh, you know, that's a testament to the great job the team did behind the camera and, you know, just the bonding that formed. So, yeah, the Western genre, man, is, I think, one of the best because there's so many things you can say. Um, mm. I think people relate to it all over the world. Um, it's been a hit for a reason for, for decades and centuries now actually um and and i think what's really cool about homestead specifically is given our cast and 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 the story uh you know that that ellen wrote and directed i feel it does have like a unique and a fresh take in moments of like real humanity that audiences despite it being a period piece really can relate to because i think i don't know how you guys um feel but for me, there's a real personality, especially the story of, of, of Irene and her brother and the characters. It really is about the relationships juxtaposed against this striking environment, um, as well as this, this situation. You know, it's not just another invasion movie uh, we felt. You know, I think there are a lot of moments of humanity that burst through. So, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned that about the Western. I mean, yes, this is we be geeks. We talk everything geek. Don't think about westerns being geek films. Yeah, a, a geek 
film. Sure they are. Uh, but it is, is, you know, there are Western fans or Western geeks. But when we started um, with working with October Coast to bring people in, we were getting quite a bit of Westerns. And we were both mm. saying we were surprised. Westerns really weren't as big on our radar at the time. But we have fallen in love with yeah. Westerns because of independent films. And a lot of the independent films that we do like, which I've, I'm now adding Homestead into that, are Westerns. Because it's just each one's yeah. a different take. And uh, and like you said earlier, there is there is actually a lot you can do with a Western. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, ultimately, like, a Western is just kind of a, you know, a time period. Yeah. Right? You know, you're not really... Like, well, you know, like um, uh, Power of the Dog, you know, people are like, well, that's like a Western. It's like, it's not even a way, you know, it's not yeah. doesn't have any like of the like specific tropes of Western. It's just like, yeah, people wear hats and there's there's horses um, uh, and they're out in the middle of nowhere. But it's like it's still a Western. Um, and I mean, like the thing I, I mean, you know, what actually like drew me towards it is I mean, I just love the aesthetics of a Western. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I like I really don't think you can you can beat it. Um, uh, I mean, it's like, everyone's like, you know, when can you have everybody wearing hats? You know, I mean, it's like, they walk inside, they're wearing a hat. It's like, why are they doing that? It's like, cause it's a Western. Um, <laughs> so like, that's uh, you know, and people can just be so flamboyant within it. And um, so that, that, that's really like what uh, attracted me to the idea. Um, I mean, I like Westerns, you know, w- Westerns are great, but I wouldn't be someone to claim that I've, you know, I haven't seen every Western. I'm not like a Western geek, but I was like, you know, I just appreciate just sort of, you know, I've seen the classics, I guess, but um, I, uh, yeah, for whatever reason, I was like, no, like this is what I want to do. And I knew that like also just like visually, you know, this was something that I could kind of hang my hat on if I had that sort of um, thing, but it was also super difficult. Um, uh, I wouldn't, if anyone's doing their first feature, I wouldn't suggest doing a Western. Um, uh, <laughs> it was a, it, you know, it creates a whole, whole host of issues. We actually shot the film, uh, in my garage. Um, uh, the interiors are in my garage and we had to like build that whole set in there and then do a whole exterior set out on a ranch. Um, where it's like, Oh, you know, if you just done kind of something, you know, a different thing, you can, leverage a lot of like the modern day stuff but you have to keep everything modern out of frame and all these different things like all the costumes have to be like bespoke you know Um, but yeah there's definitely added another layer to it but now i'm assuming which is probably wrong of me uh all still huh (laughs) i said it usually is yeah gets me in trouble um (laughs) COVID protocols were still a major thing at the time of filming? Um, or, were yeah, they, they were. or were they lightening up or lighting well, up? The, when we started a- filming, it was... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, we filmed for four days and had to scrap basically all the footage because the fourth day was the day that the federal... And it was like a crazy day on set for a million I, other reasons right. already. Like, it was the most wild day ever and the fourth day was the day that like california or i don't know if it was federal it was santa clara county actually okay our county enforced lockdown and that was the day the news broke it was like march what was it um it was march 16th i think yeah 
scene. So it was just a few days into filming and we paid all this money to like house everyone and like rent vehicles and to fly everyone in. And there were actors like Greg had just come in that day. We hadn't even oh, Lord. any footage of him yet. It was like his call time was going to be the next morning and we had to send everyone home people were calling their partners and they were worried about like sickness and and vaccines hadn't even been thought of yet Mm -hmm. so it was completely wild and then we sent everyone home we shut down we were like super super sad Mm -hmm. there were certain things where we were like okay we get to try that again maybe that's like a good thing like a little silver lining because it was our first film um, but it was it was very, very chaotic. And then the second time we filmed it was in October. October. Uh, so quite a bit of time had passed, but it was still like pre-vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a bunch of COVID protocols that we were following. I was talking to people who I knew who were bigger in the industry and kind of hearing about how they were managing things. And they had like a lot of advice about isolation and like cast areas and like crew areas, like a bunch of stations for hand sanitizers, mask rules, all of that stuff. But I think one thing that was really in our favor was that we were such a small cast and crew that at the end of the day and like Greg said we were all really stuck together all the time and when we moved we moved together our hours were long so it's not like we were socializing with other people or mm-hmm. even going out to eat like we really were just stuck together yeah. um, so it kind of felt like a shelter in place mm-hmm. for this like wacky group of people doing a film together and it almost even became like a fun aspect of it in a in a really weird way yeah and if i if i may add like one thing that is super amazing is so many films fall under the gauntlet of covid shutting them down like yeah. what a tremendous feat to have come back like months later in that same year and actually finish and shoot the movie so that's a big backdrop, you know, in, you know, the state in which this movie was filmed. It's, it's tough enough to make any movie ever, but to do it under the circumstances and have, you know, lost that, that first week and having to start over again and retain a killer cast like that. Um, yeah, well done, guys. Like, that, that is amazing. It's funny you say March 16th because for me, March 16th is also a, a day that I don't forget. Um, cause that was the day that we shut our gates. Um, I'm an audio engineer. I trade at Walt Disney world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. in California or Disneyland shut down on the 15th. Our final, or, so they were clo- Their first day of closure was on the 15th. Our first day was on the 16th. So, yeah. Yeah. And then going back to work, um, I went back, you know, I ended up going back to work, uh, July 5th, but the whole, you know, the isolation oh, yeah. and yeah. you know, if we had to deal with talent, you know, actors or, or the character mm-hmm. performers or whatever, you know, we had to wear a mask and we had to put on a face guard and we had to gloves and yeah. all of that. Um, so yeah, I totally understand. Um, and, but like you said, you know, it is a saving grace. If all of y'all wants to together and everyone's clean, it's so much easier to stay clean. Yeah. Yeah. I was maintaining your own little bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I was so scared of like, well, what's going to happen? Like if, you know, somebody tests positive for COVID 
Um, uh, I was like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, do we just send everybody home again? It's like, is that it? You know? Um, and then that would be like it. And, you know, it's like, oh, you got to pay everybody now. And so it was kind of like a, it felt really like a roll of the dice of like, you know, what's sort of the responsible thing to do here. The good thing was that we, we, we were filming in October and that was kind of like in a lull period where it's like, yeah. oh, I guess, we, you know, people were kind of like, I guess we're, are we doing, are we opening up again? And so, um, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, like I think even some of the mask mandates in like the Bay Area were sort of coming down. They were, it was, um, uh, and then they went back up, you know, but um, uh, there was that period there where we, we could, you should get it done. But that was it. And that's that was, not even why we did it in that period. It really was a roll of the dice. Like we got mm-hmm. extremely lucky with that timing. Yeah. I mean, we kind of knew that. Well, we, you know, after the summer, we were like, we were kind of like, oh, okay, well, like this is the time we have to do it. But like, yeah, well, certainly during the summer, it was like, we can't do it now because like that's not how things go. I remember when, when the police came. Remember that? Um, oh, my uh, God. Yeah, that was yeah. insane. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they showed up and they were like. Because somebody, people have been walking around outside with like their gun holsters on, and then like the police showed up, and I was like, "Oh crap! Like they're gonna shut us down." You know, um, uh, we're breaking some COVID protocol rule. Um, uh, well, I and- think it was the number of people that could gather was like two people less than what we had. Or something. And was it? Not- yeah, I, I don't know. Um, uh, we didn't break any laws. But yeah, but then like, um, uh, I was like, oh crap, like it's over. Um, and then Alma went out to talk to them, and they were just super happy. Like they just wanted to, like we're like, just, they, they were like, was really cool. Are in your movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the then the high school got robbed, and so they sped away. Um, uh, there was a robbery at the high school. The high school. <laughs> It was like a half a mile down the road. It was nuts. So, the decoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had somebody at the high school waiting, you know, to pull the alarm. Just in case. Favorite favorite moment in the film for you guys? And I'm going to start with Betsy. Oh, great. Because she just can't stop talking. All right. That's (laughs) very interesting. Um, in filming or in the movie, like in the finished movie? Either or, or both. All right. Um, <laughs> I'd say um, in the in the finished film, I really like the ending, <laughs> which is, you know, probably a good thing to say. But um, I, I like <laughs> I like um, the last the last scene, how it kind of ties up. I don't want to give anything away, but um, I think it's a really nice moment between certain people. And I think it's, it's very sweet and how it um, kind of, you know, sets its things yeah. up and it's kind of... I, I will yeah. definitely say that was a very interesting twist. I, I yeah. was not expecting that. And yeah. that was pretty cool. <laughs> mm. uh, uh, right. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was just going to comment. You can um, uh, talk to... I, I want to hear everybody else's answer. Before. <laughs> um. Yeah, for me, um, I, I love the ending too, man, by the way. Even though I thought, well, anyways, yeah, watch the movie. <laughs> um, but I love, I love the ending. Uh, but, but in terms of filming, because Betsy said her favorite moment uh, in the final film, um, one of my favorite scenes is the one I do get to go to Betsy. You know, I, I just love the progression a lot in the beginning before, we, before every, the whole gang like arrives. I, I felt the, the setup was really strong and was grateful to be part of that. Um, yeah, I love 
how we went from that interior scene and Irene already, you know, like catching snip that something, something's gone awry already. And um, I loved uh, the scene outside. Uh, you know, we were shooting late and I think we were chasing the sun anyway, but there was, there was something really organic about that scene of Bessie and I, like, you know, working with the revolver and, and the rifle with the sunset. I, That's definitely I, one of my favorites as well, yeah. Yeah, I loved, what I loved about it was, why that was my favorite, one of my favorite moments filming was that from both a, a performance and a technical point of view, because we almost had like one take to get it all, like we were that yeah. crunched for time. And at that point, there was so much trust that needed to happen between cast and crew. And, you know, that's sometimes such a beautiful symbiosis that, that happens in filmmaking. Um, and, and when that, you know, I can't remember which specific day that was, but it was towards the end of the shoot. But at that point, it was so beautiful that no one even needed to really say anything. We understood what we were there to do and we just trusted one another. And I loved how that just flowed and came together. And there's something about that kind of like rush that sort of bleeds into the scene for me uh, when I watched it, where it's like, oh man, now things have like shifted literally you know, like for, for the narrative, but also like in, in, in the performances. So that was one of my favorite moments where it was like the whole team can be proud of that, that we, we captured what we needed in something that, that could have been difficult and, and almost impossible to get at the time. Yeah, that was crazy because I was like, yeah, because I mean, I always knew that that like had to happen at the sunset, you know, uh, and so we've been sort of like waiting all day a bit and we run late on like the scene we were doing previously. Um, and I think, Greg, you had to like go down back to L.A. for uh, um, an audition or something. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't know if we were going to get you back. And like this is like the last scene with get you back at the end but it's like okay like we have to do this scene because like this is the you know this is the sunset scene and it was like all right go like go do this and that was that was crazy because uh uh, it was the sun was just setting like even in that last shot you can tell like the uh um, uh, the sensors really pushing to get the um, uh, light in that last scene um but yeah i mean that, that that is one of my favorite you know, uh, sort of scenes and sequences and, you mm, know, the thing that happens there. But it was like, yes, we have to, this, this <laughs> is all we have, you know. Yeah. Basically, yeah. saw all the takes we did. Um, uh, yeah. But also, just if I may add, like, my, my fa- some of my favorite memories was hanging with the whole outlaw gang at night in the middle of the morning. It was super cold and everyone just kind of cracking jokes and, you know, the whole outlaw gang out there with characters like, DDP and Mike Ferguson and, and, and everybody like it was just can't imagine what that was like, right? Everybody like in costume out there. It was that was amazing. So many good conversations and Brian as well. It's just yeah, like it, it was just awesome. Very cool. Amna. It's so hard to choose. I mean, there are so many juicy moments in the film. Um I'm torn between two. It's hard because a lot of them are spoilers, but I would say um, without giving too much away, uh, my favorite um, scene probably just in the finished film is when Mike Markoff's character reads Jamie Bernadette's or has Jamie Bernadette um, read to him. And you think it would be creepy in a really different, uncomfortable way, but it's uncomfortable in a very different way that's just nothing you would ever naturally imagine and he's just 
such an honest, down-to-earth weirdo, and that's what I love about it. And uh, I think you were talking about how, like, there's so many takes on a Western that one can do. Uh, I think one thing I love about Erlen's writing is, like, there's actually, in between all the chaos and the action and the, like, intimate family dynamics, there's a lot of humor in the movie and I feel like the humor and especially the really dark humor is one of the things that uh, makes the film for me so I would say if you give it a shot get as far as that scene because you're going to feel uncomfortable but you're also going to find yourself like laughing really hard dark humor is my favorite yeah strong degree (laughs) so Erlen yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, I can't believe I'm gonna stole my thing. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I mean, that was that's actually like the kind of the, the, the scene that sort of uh, ended up being like the closest to the thing in my head. You know, um, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I, I got that. That was the whole idea, and that was you know fully encapsulated. You know, from uh, from kind of inception to you know. Uh, it going up. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I hate the whole film equally. Um, I, don't, you know. um, uh, I, I think one of my, um, uh, the scene uh, after like Brian Krause, Robert has come back to the house uh, and is talking to Jamie. Um, that scene um, and just Brian's performance in that, mm-hmm. um, how that goes, I think that that that's great and also Jamie too just sort of like um, uh, fuming the whole time um, I think that's one of the more like uh, you know like powerful you know kind of it, more emotional scenes where you know the kind of themes of the movie come together yeah. um, right. so <laughs> is there is there something um that you really, really, really was hoping to get in the film that just didn't fit in for for one reason or another? Um, like, there's a lot, there's so much that I wanted to, you know, that um, was there. Well, there, there wasn't anything I filmed particularly that was, you know, I, you know, I guess there's some things, but that, like, I cut out. But certainly I, you know, feel like I've also forgotten about that type of stuff there's stuff that i didn't um uh that we didn't shoot that i'm like oh crap you know i should have that you know um one thing you know it's like that some people might notice about this film is there's no horses um uh and i wanted to get i wanted to have horses but get them out of the story as soon as possible it's like shit we don't have the budget for horses we can't do you know so um uh, we're just gonna have to like play it cool like you know this is totally normal so i mean that's kind of like a production value thing that i wish to have um uh there's this one shot probably you know i'm the only one that knows this thing but um when Robert, I don't know how much you care about spoilers, but when Robert's coming back into the house and, you know, Brian is outside being held captive by Nucky, um, Robert is supposed to come up and then pass Brian a gun across the field. They're actually supposed to be close together on the field. He's supposed to pass Brian a gun. And that gun was the gun that Greg 
gave to Betsy at the beginning that she threw onto the ground, which is actually empty of bullets, because that was a whole thing that was supposed to happen. So they're supposed to have no bullets in it because he hands it to her and is like, oh, okay, like takes the bullets out, um, uh, you know, to disarm her. But so it's supposed to have no bullets. And then what Brian is supposed to do is he's supposed to, so he's, he passes the gun thinking it's loaded to Brian, um, uh, to Brian the, the boy. And Brian points it at Nucky and holds him hostage. And then Nucky sees Brian, um, uh, Robert walk into the house, sneaking into the house where the family's being held captive. And Nucky looks down at Brian and raises his gun to shoot at, um, to shoot at Robert. Um, and then Brian pulls the trigger on the gun, finally like killing, like trying to, like pulling the trigger for real, trying to kill him but it's out of bullets and Brian's devastated. And that was supposed to be like a whole scene. I'm like, I love that kind of like this. It's set up at the beginning. It's in the, you know, um, uh, and you know, then it pays off later on and it's just devastating to Brian. You know, like the one time he tried, like he was at, he actually does pull the trigger, but it doesn't work. And so now he's totally defeated. And I like really love that character moment. Um, but then Nucky is supposed to shoot Robert in the house. And he's supposed to fall down um, uh, by being shot by Nucky because, you know, of that whole thing. Um, anyways, that's not in the movie at all. Um, uh, and <laughs> instead, I had to figure out how does Brian fall to the ground because he's supposed to fall to the ground. I had that whole scene. Um, uh, so it's just like, you know, the, in the most slapsticky way, um, uh, Peter tosses the gun on the ground. It like flies off, like bounces off the um, uh the stove and then hits hits like Robert in the foot and then they fall to the ground. Um, but that's, that was, I, I, I struggled so long trying to figure out how I was going to fix that. Um, uh, and that's how I ended up doing it. But I, 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 yeah, I lay awake at night being like, shit, I should have got that. So, um, yeah, that's what I wish I had in the film among a variety of other things, but. You work with what you're able to do. That was a good answer. <laughs> I've been waiting, you know, two years to tell someone that. <laughs> Exclusive. Man, oh, I, I was get... waiting to say horses, yeah. but you stole my answer, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, there were a few things in there. The um, uh, well, like the the ending scene too, um, that was supposed to happen at a totally different place. You know, it's supposed to be like up on a big hill, um, and you kind of like, kind of had and it's supposed to like happen at a much longer distance. And we were shooting it on the last day, and we kind of like planned to shoot from night until the morning. So we could get kind of like that sunrise, that whole thing for the first shots. Um, and when the morning came, it was foggy. Um, and I was like, oh, shit. Um, like, it's not supposed to be foggy. It's supposed to be like sun, sunset, like sunrise, this beautiful sunrise in the background. Um, and so it was we had a choice because we had no idea. We'd never been there at that location in the morning. So we had no idea how long the fog stayed and when it would burn off. And so it was like, we can start shooting now, but maybe like the fog burns off in 30 minutes or we could not shoot. Maybe the fog burns off in two hours. So it was sort of like another roll of the dice of like, which one are we going to do? Are we going to risk not being able to, you know, 
are you going to wait or are you going to go? And we decided to go for it. And we're like, we're going to do it on that hill. Um, uh, and that's how we did the last scene. But that was, um, yeah. I mean, I thought, I, I actually really liked how it worked out. But that was sort of another like, okay, we have no idea how long the fog is going to stay. So we have to shoot as quickly as possible. And right as we finished it, actually, the fog cleared up. So um, we were we were lucky to, to get that done. And I love the ending with the fog. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. I would have been able to plan. It's even Greg. Um, I think I definitely have some. I don't remember them very clearly, but I think there were some um, cool, like, just kind of um, relationship-defining, like, bonding moments between um, Irene and Brian. Um, I don't remember exactly what they were. But I um, I don't remember if, they were, if we filmed them or if they were just in the script, but uh, I thought they were really... They were, they were, they were very cool, but um, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of... What yeah, the whole rabbit singing yeah. sequence. Quit breathing on me. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. that. Just yeah. like some sibling banter. Um, yeah, and then the whole there was a whole family scene at the start that we um, uh, ended up cutting as well. That was that was more for time issues because I was like, you know, I was just like, I think it's feeling slow, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I did I did enjoy those scenes. I did write them after all, but um, <laughs> a good amount of that character development was kind of cut out. So, um, but I think it's so where you get the relationships. So. What about you, Greg? Yeah, I think I think I was lucky um, in the piece in the parts that I'm in. Uh, there wasn't too much that ended up on the on the on the cutting floor. But yeah, I I think um, you know, like like the scene I mentioned earlier. You know, but there were times where. That's the time we had, and we had to we had to get it in there, you know. So, um, but sometimes that's the best thing, you know. I think I think with filmmaking specifically, like like, you know, sometimes you find these 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 lucky gems, right? These unexpected accidents of being kind of having your back against the wall, where the team's creatively got to think of something else, and you know, kind of accepting things like fog or you know, like a time difference or like being being yeah. Um, so so for me, there wasn't anything specific that I think. Fell out, but it's just you know in some instances like on any shoot right finishing the shoot such a big thing and and obviously one would love the luxury of time to massage certain scenes and you know um you know have the time to rehearse a little more um but that's the big thing with with uh with with filmmaking is you know you got to get it in the can sometimes that's what it is you know and and, and uh but but i think uh, you know given the circumstances the the team kicked butt, man, with with what we had and and the time that we that that we got to put in. Um, I was super stoked how the, the final product came out. But obviously, like anything, right? We uh, there's something's never finished, right? You only walk away from it at, at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that knows. That was an affirmative. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh God, there's so many. Uh, it's it's like okay, well here it is. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Derek, got any other questions? I don't think so. Okay. You know what I'm going to do. I'm going to flip the tables. I'm going to let you guys ask us a couple questions. Ooh. I have a little twist and swerve in this. Wow. So I want would like to start first. Story. That's what I want. It's not really a question, but I want to hear more about it. About what? I want a good Disney World story. <laughs> um, the most one of the 
the most recent Disney World stories I could give you is um, I spent 47 days as part of the opening team of the Star Cruiser Resort here at oh, Walt Disney World. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm part of opening team and part of that legacy. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's really cool. Are you enjoying uh, it? Uh, I am actually back at, Ep- at Epcot, which is uh, the park I've been at. I- I've been with the company 25 years. Uh, I just hit 25 years back in February. Uh, and the majority of that time I've been at Epcot, uh, like 23 and a half years. Um, or, yeah, essentially 23 and a half years. Um, but the, to be a part of that project uh, with immersive theater, immersive, uh, immersive experience, uh, which right now there's nothing else like it in the world um what was a for me it was, it was a great thing to to consider part of my disney legacy work-wise also um being part of a star wars legacy which i didn't know i was ever going to really be getting uh, especially as a star wars fan and the reason why and star wars being the reason why i got into the industry wow um, and then also, you know, just a, a historic legacy of being on, you know, the first project of this kind, no matter where it was being done. The fact that we were able to bring it to life is uh, three legacies in, long, in one shot. So, was, how long were you rehearsing for? Like, do you have to do rehearsals um, for that type of thing? They, when I got there, I I got there for the final month of rehearsals, and um, and we were doing test cruises. Mm-hmm. as well and then i was also there for the first month of open uh but they they were starting with workshops and rehearsals uh shortly after we reopened in 2020 mm-hmm. oh wow okay so, so yeah. good good yeah, chunk, it was actually a good chunk yeah, of that's wild. Just, good chunk of 2021 was involved in rehearsals mm-hmm. of the script and yeah because yeah. 2021 right did it open or, or is it uh 2020 march of 2022 is when the oh, okay. Star Cruiser open. Uh, that's a long time that they're yeah. working on that. Um, it's a, I mean, it's I was intensive. That's very. I, cool. I can imagine that's crazy. Um, but I mean, one of the questions I had was, I don't know, you know, I just kind of wanted to know what you thought of the film. Um, uh, that that sort of thing. If um, uh, just always wanted to know people's opinions. I, I enjoyed the film, except for the character from Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, um, my dad was born right outside of Cleveland, so to, to hear Cleveland mentioned was a, a unique thing. It's like, oh wow, this is okay, unique choice for a town. Um, so it was fun seeing Cleveland get get picked on a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the whole thing. Um, yeah, I did too. I, I was. I may be wrong, but uh, this is my opinion. I I found it interesting that Betsy came across more of the the female lead of the film over Jamie. Because when I first saw Jamie, it's like, oh, okay, so this is a film starring her. And seeing that, I actually know it, it's Betsy who who's taking for for me. It seemed like Betsy was taking the lead, and Jamie was supporting her. And it was still a great team between the two to see that relationship and see see that chemistry no 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 i mean i one of the flaws i you know that i, I you know qualms i have with the film is that it's like okay i should have i really should have given more there's a whole kind of section in the center where it's like you know irene gets a little sidelined i'm like i you know i kind of didn't know how to fix that and i was sort of like i was like okay there's all these things in the film that i'm doing here and it's just too busy that irene got sidelined and you know um i wish i'd sort of 
found a way to integrate that better. But um, yeah, you know, she's not necessarily established fully throughout the film as the, you know, as the lead the whole time. I mean, in the end, you know, that, that's right. how it comes across. But um, yeah. Um, what about you, Derek? What about me? What? What you thought about the film? Oh, I said I. I already said I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Man, man of many words. <laughs> uh, Greg, questions? Yeah, um, I. What's interesting? I love what you guys were saying earlier about you guys falling in love with western genres. What do you think? Like in the recent independent films you've seen with westerns, are there specific trends in terms of that you've picked up in terms of like storylines or? any kind of tropes that you feel are like a big thing, like in, in your knowledge now of, of, of this Western genre, getting a lot of prevalence on the world. What have you picked up that, that Homestead uh, did pretty well in, in the recent kind of upswing of Western genres? I'll let you start, uh, Derek. That's an interesting question. you noticed any particular patterns or in the recent westerns that have come out like anything that you've you've seen kind of happening often and are there any of those specific things that you've seen uh in homestead or yeah mm, i don't know i i would say i don't i really haven't noticed much of a pattern because mm-hmm. each each western yeah. is almost taking yeah. its own snapshot of its own region or lo- locale. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's what, the pattern. Maybe that is the pattern. Because um, we we've seen quite a few that are are um, horror thriller films, mm-hmm. um, and it's but even with them, it, it's different because. Like one would be based around a an Indian uh, fable or myth, or the mm-hmm. other one would, or another one would just be, well, it's just a mass murder, or there's a a, a cult happening, and et cetera. Uh, I think uh, on that note, I think one thing is um, they're trying to do, and I think you guys did a good job with it too. Is is they're trying to not just do it your typical Western, but kind of try to. to do a different take on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, and what I think what I liked about y'all's was, it, it was, I don't know if I would classify it as a, as a horror film. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, to me, it, it, it's an epitome of almost a, a true Western of you have someone who was part of the gang, left the gang, has something that the gang wants. And, and it's, a typical outlaw type film and thoroughly uh i i haven't seen i don't think we've seen with the others a a true outlaw-esque film for western so it it was it was nice seeing that um so i i haven't really seen much of a pattern except they're all westerns yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, each, each one's had a very, very different take. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So there's been room yeah, for it's everything. Funny. It's funny the whole horror thing. Like I kind of like approached it with the idea of you know sort of leaning into horror elements, but that was never ultimately like I don't think that 
that's not the direction that we ended up going going in um i, I would say but then like more suspense yeah yeah no i mean it's like a thriller like okay call yeah. a thriller yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but um yeah and like the marketing and then on imdb we had it like on and then i like now in 2b is horror and that was sort of like i don't know i thought of it sort of like as a guiding principle but like never even like not really i didn't go into that as like that wasn't I kind of just said it like as a, was a Western horror for a while right. just to sort of say it, you know, but I'm like, no, this isn't at all. Uh, but then it's like, I always expected by the time it came out that I was going to, you know, fully tell people this isn't a horror film, but like now the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> and then it's like on Tubi, it says it's a horror, you know, I'm not, I think Amazon, it doesn't just, it's a thriller, but I'm like, oh crap. Like I should have like, you know, nipped that in the way earlier. Um, Cause like, I, you know, I've seen some reviews of people who did not like the film. Um, uh, and I was like, you know, and they seemed quite disappointed that it wasn't a horror film. And I'm like, oh crap. Well, it's not like that wasn't, you know, that was yeah. what I was going for. Um, but, you know, there was a version of it that was, it was Homestead with Zombies. Um, uh, and that would have been, um, that would have been a horror film, but we didn't do that one. Um, what about you, Bessie? Any questions? Um, yes. Um, I, I guess, um, is there any, like, I, I guess specifically with indie films, um, is there a specific genre that you've found kind of, yourself kind of favoring or I guess just a, a favorite genre of of indie films um, that, you've, that you've seen lately or um, you want to take this one first Derek or you want me to go ahead while you're thinking well I mean obviously as we mentioned we've seen a few westerns lately but um, <laughs> um we've seen a lot there's been a lot of horror movies too I think yeah. because I think horror movies are kind of um, easier I guess in some ways to make for indie filmmakers um, you know which is, which is not not a bad thing necessarily but I don't know sometimes it's just like alright enough horror <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's always a market for horror yeah oh uh, yeah I think when we first started uh, like with October Coast and they were pitching projects to us um, you know thinking geeks like okay yeah the horror film's cool uh, the, the sci-fi or, or ones that definitely look geeky but, I love sci-fi movies um, but when we took the, the chance on the first couple westerns um, I think for me, that ended up being like a very great breath of fresh air. And I have, mm-hmm. um, I now in Clint and gang at the office, if y'all are listening, which I'm sure you are, um, <laughs> I almost look forward to this one's Western themed. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah. cool. I, I actually, I'm starting to look forward to that. Yeah. Um, but we, we've had one that, uh, was a romantic film that really caught us off guard and fell in love with. And it was shot yeah. during COVID and during the, the riots in Portland. And yeah. it, it was now, an amazing they, they, film. Yeah, they actually um, made that a part of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and built like a love story around it, which was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And. And, you know, we, we've joked in the past that, you know, the show is everything but chick flicks and Twilight. 
Uh, that was kind of a, a chick flick in a way, and it was wonderful. It, it was that, and I think what made it a little bit different is the fact that it was taking place during the pandemic, and we're mm-hmm. all living that we were living what they're living, right? So, so it didn't feel like a normal chick flick, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> it felt like a reality film. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what made that particular film different and, and very pleasantly different. Um, mm-hmm. But Westerns for me is what um, I definitely lean a little bit more towards now uh, when looking at independent films, either coming in from uh, October Coast or even when I go searching on uh, Amazon, Netflix, or whatnot. I try and find that that cool western mm-hmm. because I I know it, it it seems like the western is just a little tougher genre to to tackle as an independent film because of the period piece and and trying to get it right unless you're trying to spoof the western genre then it doesn't matter if you know oh here's the outlaw gang and they all got Glocks. Yeah. But it's in the 1840s. <laughs> but it's a spoof. Okay, well, cool. I accept that too. Um, but if you're trying to do something, period, you know, I know how much of a challenge it is, especially more and more as we progress in in years, and and the hardware is unless you are doing, you know, total fake prop, non-operational props, right. The, right. the harder stuff, you know, the 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 weaponry is getting harder and harder to find that is functional or even to modify into a a a a smoke gun i guess be the right word where you had black powder to to simulate the shot fired with the smoke buff um the the hardware is just getting harder to find no yeah i I think that, that impresses so doing the Western is impressing a little bit more. Yeah. 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 Uh, what was the actual question? <laughs> um, like favorite genre of, of Oh, right, right, right. Um, I would actually, one thing I'd like to see more of which I know is probably hard to do. I love, well, of course, I love sci-fi movies, and also like fantasy films would be interesting to see. Um, I think you could do that on a smaller budget if you don't get too um, into like you know the, the crazy magic or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That could be fun. Yeah, it's kind of funny, like, you know, horror films are kind of fantasy films, you know? Um, uh, but, yeah, in a way, you know, yeah. You know, um, that's like the way you kind of have to sell them. Um, uh, you take a lot of fantasy things and bring them into horror. Where can people find you guys online? Um, nowhere. Oh um, I... I <laughs> I'm a... I don't want you to find me anywhere. Um, I technically I do have an Instagram, but I would not suggest you go on that. Um, I don't do anything up there. Um, 
It's you should definitely check out his Instagram. It's very. It's <laughs> uh, I, I was like, you know, there's a moment where I got into web comics. I've got this whole series from high school where I took photos of my friend at Hanyu Nuevo and I just kept posting them. And I was like, um, it was like at a state park with a bunch of elephant seals. And I was like, you know what would be hilarious if I just only posted pictures of my friend Jason at Hanyu Nuevo for like the next five years? Um, so I did that for a bit. Um, and that was on my Instagram. So um, uh, you can check that out before it's archived um, at Erland H, I think. It is. But we have a, a, a homestead Instagram. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. We'll be posting more reels and behind-the-scenes content now that the film is live and available to stream. So definitely check that out. And then uh, Greg, Betsy, and I all have our personal Instagrams as well. So thank you guys for joining us this week. Check out. Homestead. Yeah, thank you. Check out Homestead on Tubi or actually throw these guys a, a bone and, and almost a donation by renting it from Amazon. <laughs> uh, or purchase, you know. Um, you, purchase? Uh, yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, just roll the dice on that, you know. Um, uh, to, you know, if you like it. But. Well, again, thank you guys for coming on. We'd love to have all y'all back in the future uh, on future oh. projects. And uh, yeah, thank, yeah, you, thank you so much for having us. And until next time. <laughs>